sex matters, period. What? 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 Really? <laughs> I'm Judy. I'm Patricia. And this is the Sex Matters Podcast. Patricia, a sexual authenticity coach and a Jersey girl turned Minnesotan, and I, Judy, a health educator, advocate, and podcaster, a lifelong Minnesota girl, get together and talk about sex. Hello, Patricia. How are you? Uh Uh-oh. What's going on? Something's wrong. I don't hear you anymore. Can you hear me now? Oh, there you are. Oh, okay. I'm pressing buttons on my little headset. (laughs) (laughs) Pressing buttons. I see buttons and I have to touch them. It's a problem. (sighs) Okay. I'm a tactile person. I don't know what else to say about that. I know. I no, just I, like to touch everything. So. I have I have similar problems. I got in trouble for that type of thing when I was younger. So it now I I still want to, but then I I know that there's consequences. Yeah. Well, here I am. Hello. You can hear me now. Hi, Thank yes, goodness. I can. I can hear you now. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> So what are we talking about today? Well, we have a wonderful question from From? a listener. His name is Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Thank you for stopping by our podcast and leaving us a wonderful question. This is we appreciate questions. I haven't heard it yet, but I appreciate questions. Here we go. I'm bracing myself. Let's go. This is Mark. He gave us a very nice detailed question, which is okay. All right. He says, and I quote, love your podcasts. I am, and thank you, Mark. Thank you for the compliment. Mm-hmm. I am a 68-year-old man who is very in touch with my feelings and my needs, having been on a love spiritual journey for 25 years. I am in excellent health, exercise rigorously three to four times a week, and still have a very strong sex drive. I have been in a monot. I have been in a mon- blah, 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 blah. I have been in a, (laughs) I don't know why this is a hard sentence to say. I have been in a monogamous relationship for over 40 years with my spouse who has chosen the role of grandmother over that of a lover. Nearly all of our intimacy had been through our sexual connection, which she is no longer interested in, even though she has orgasms nearly 100% of the time that we make love. She has made it clear that she no longer desires a very active sex life. I absolutely need the connection that comes with the intimacy of touch, feel, embrace, experiment, and the bliss that accompanies a strong physical attachment. I am by no means ready to separate myself from these needs and know that there are women who likely feel just as I do. I do not want a divorce as that is the nuclear option with three daughters and four grandchildren along with sizable assets. Help! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. How can I find this woman who shares my same desire and passion without ending up in divorce court? We have been in therapy for over a year to sort this out, but my wife has made it clear that she is immovable. That's a lot of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Well, he I, sounds frustrated. He does. My and heart disappointed goes out to him. Yeah. And unfulfilled. Yes. Oh, that's just my, those are my intuition hits that are coming just listening to that. Yeah. There's a whole lot there. Yeah. And if they've been going to therapy for a year, I'm sure that they have, they have explored a lot of the 
uh, history, a lot of history as far as, you know, why she does, why she feels this way, you know, if she, if her choice has a voice and so forth and so on, you know. Um, the thing that I'm curious about when I hear all of that is if the therapist offered any suggestions outside of monogamy and staying married. Mm-hmm. That's my question. Um, and that's that's usually not in a therapist's wheelhouse because um, they often don't offer the alternatives. They just discuss more of why it's happening or getting to a place of acceptance and um, and then you kind of figure out what it is you're going to do from there and then they help you acknowledge that and accept it so um, there's not a lot of help as far as where do you go from here and that's kind of what it sounds like as far as what he's concerned about yeah I yeah I'd love to know yeah, I'd love to know what type of, of therapist or what the therapist's beliefs are. Because you're right, if, if the therapist isn't offering any conversation to helping support the conversation of other options to help, you know, I mean, I know that there are the situations where the, you know, I want to stay in this relationship, but is non-monogamy you know, me stepping outside, him stepping outside the marriage, is that possible? And then the door is shut is the therapist able to walk through that at all to explore that and how can it be a, an okay thing so everybody's fulfilled in the relationship? Because if she is truly, and it's a big step. I mean, when you're thinking what generational beliefs might be ground into her, not that that can't be shifted or changed or if she can yeah, trust she's him. kind of on the edge, kind of on the edge of... Yeah, generationally, she's sort of on this on the fence between two different ways of thinking. It would be interesting to know which school of thought she was raised with or whatever. It sounds very two-dimensional to me as far as, you know, she feels like she has to choose to either be a grandmother or be a sexual creature. And that to me is extremely um, short-sighted as a woman who has done the study around sexual authenticity and realizing that many, women can have many facets to them and their sexuality there she could be just shifting into a, a different role of her sexuality which would be like the madonna where she feels as though she needs to be uh, pure and a good example and, and mm-hmm. not allow her you know what her picture of a good grandmother is how that translates into her actions or her choices. You know, perhaps in her mind, uh, for her grandparents, her grandmother would never speak of sex. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd say, you know, it was funny because just this past week, I was having a conversation with my mom and it was my grandson's fifth birthday. And I made a statement. I don't even remember what the statement was, but my mother was disgusted that I'd say such a thing. And I didn't find it to be terrible. She was just like, that's not the way a grandmother talks. Oh, and, um, yeah. and I was just like the judgment and the shame around my mother critiquing my, how I, how I, grandmother my grandson was quite disparaging to me it was like really like (laughs) um like wake up this isn't I didn't say anything wrong what are you you know and and there's the question what's right and what's wrong Mm -hmm. right 
Well, so, thinking about things in our culture, I mean, how many times have I heard heard people say, and it's typically this comes more out of women's mouths than men, but things like exactly what she said, or you know what what your mother said, or things like you know, well, you know, who does she think she is wearing that? skirt or that type mm-hmm. of dress at that it's age the judgment you and know. the shame around being judged right i mean and tina turner associated is, with that tina turner is a grandma right like, yep. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah i mean and and look at her and and i don't think you know granted and of course some people well and i did hear this statement this was a long time ago they're like well but she has the body to carry it off and it's like no uh, no, no, no 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 wait a minute <laughs> no that's not that's not we can't put people in those types of packages and than ourselves in those types of packages. I understand it on a cultural level, but we need to find a way to challenge that. The other thing that I'm curious about, and this goes along the lines of all of our other discussions and normalizing and making it okay to talk about sexuality. If he's been married for uh, 40 years and he's 68, chances are she's somewhere around the same age uh, or maybe a few years older, a few years younger. Is there any physiological issues that are happening happening around aging? Are there things that she's embarrassed about? Is it painful for her? Um, you know, has her lining thinned? Uh, does, does she not secrete, um, you know, lubricant anymore? So these are... and. And the libido part, as you get older and your energy is being drained from all of the grandchildren or all of the activities around it or staying in touch with your kids so that you appear to be a good grandmother and you put all of your eggs in your kids and grandkids basket, uh, literally, you know, you're, you're not leaving a whole lot of energy and creativity and playfulness for your relationship with your partner. You're being sucked, pretty much sucked dry, literally and figuratively. (laughs) So, you know, there's, uh, to his question, his question is, you know, how do I find, it sounds like he's looking for a hookup. He's looking for some sort of affair to have outside of his marriage. A woman that meets his sexual desires and needs and stuff like that without entanglement. But can he truly have that kind of a connection with an, a one-off stranger? And there, yeah, there's a lot of questions as what does the intimacy piece need to include for him to be fulfilling? Yeah. Right? Are they, it's, are they intimate? And, you know, is their intimacy intact mm-hmm. at home? That's right. another question because he doesn't really tap into that. He says they've been married. He said that they used to have an active sex life. He says that he's fit and has a high sex drive, uh, that he's been on a love and spiritual journey. He doesn't speak much of his wife's uh, activities or has she been on a love spiritual journey with him or, you know, like have they been working on this together or have their two pads just kind of been growing apart and now they're just merged. They both existing in yeah. a marriage that makes them friends versus lovers. Right. And, and the one thing he does say is nearly all of our intimacy had been through our sexual connection and she's no mm-hmm. longer interested. So that, that leads me to believe mm-hmm. that the intimacy, the t- like most of their physical touch intimacy, and I don't know what he means by the word intimacy. So do mm-hmm. they have a rich communication life, but not a rich physical life, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if he's missing the physical, and that's what it sounds like to me is that he's missing the physical touch 
and connection. And if he's looking for that, it sounds to me too, um, a little bit of a leap in that, yeah, he's not just looking for sex. The sex Mm -hmm. has to have a little bit more content to it. It's kind of the way I'm getting, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just kind of listening to what he's saying. It's not, yeah. And he's like, how do I, how do I do this? So like, if I, if I really look at this and I were to backtrack it out, I'd say that in order to be authentic to the situation and himself, the fact that they put a year of therapy into it and he's tried and the fact that he's been going for a while without the connection and that um, he does not want a divorce and he, you know, desires to stay in the relationship um, assets or not. I mean, I found that kind of thing curious, the kids, the grandkids and assets, you know, is he still in love with her? Does he still desire her? Yeah. All those kind of things. But the, the next logical thing to me would be that they continue going to a, a sex positive therapist, somebody who, uh, is open-minded around sexuality and sexual relationships and that he and his wife negotiate what their relationship actually is and what he's allowed and not allowed to do outside of that. Um, so some, some people will some people will go the route of an affair. Some people will go the route of, say, a sugar site. Some people will go the route of um, just going and seeing an escort or a hooker, you know, somebody just to fulfill their sexual needs. Maybe they see the same girl all the time. Maybe they see 50 different girls, you know, for variety and spontaneity and excitement, you know, whatever it is they're looking to fulfill. But it's much more, um, it's much less dangerous to your relationship if it's discussed with your wife and a therapist as an option to open your marriage right and and don't flaunt it in her face you know obviously Mm -hmm. just make it that you know you you have one or two nights a month that you go out or during the day or whatever else that you know you go out and you say you're playing tennis even if it's 30 30 below zero and going to play tennis means that you're going to go stoop somebody. And, and that's, and that's just a language that you use. Or if she really is in a place, you know, if they can come to some sort of agreement, I mean, if she's truly saying, I don't really want to be sexual anymore. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I get, there's so many questions in that. Okay. You don't want to be sexual, but it sounds like, so the, she was orgasming, which doesn't. Wait, wait, wait. I want to. I want to back up with that idea because that statement stood out to me too. Was that that she would orgasm almost every time? And, and yeah, that doesn't. That doesn't mean that she was happy. Well, right. Remember, intimacy and sex can be separated. Uh, right. Well, right? and and the question I would all actually almost uh, um, one of the I was of two divided minds when this when I read that. One of them was the question of if she's orgasming 100% of the time, is she truly orgasming 100% of the time? Like I have heard, I've certainly heard guys say that and then talked to the partner who said, no, I just want to get through it. Right. And that they're not. Yeah. But then there's other people like 
I could say me, that I don't go into sex without planning to orgasm. Like it is, it's something that will happen, whether it happens by my partner or by a toy. Once I've engaged, I intend going, you know, that I put the intention and the, and the body actions and the everything into the release because, okay, I can use an example. I just, you know, there, there are times where I don't necessarily feel like having sex, mm. but my partner wants to have sex. And therefore, when I allow for my partner to get relief or, or, you know, please me or whatever it is, that I can just lean back and be like, okay, I'll do this because I love him or because I care about this person or because mm-hmm. he has needs too, you know, and there, once it starts, it's hard to not be able to get into some sort of rhythm or mood or breathe or pleasure or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, once you let your brain not be taking over and hijacking your body. Mm-hmm. So you can submit to, and I don't say submit in a bad way, or you can consent to somebody pleasing you because it's what they like to do. I mean, I've met Mm -hmm. a lot of guys who just think that they're the best lovers in the entire world because they have this move and that move and this move and that move. And well, yeah, they could probably make a woman like me, like I'm like a sexual nerve. So any, anything blows on my pussy and I can come, you know, that kind of a thing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so for someone like me, yeah, it would be easy for a man to say, oh yeah, I make her come all the time. Yeah. You know know what my standard is now? I need to come 10 times. I need to come 10 times for me to be fulfilled. Not not just once. Evening or? In one episode. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not satisfied with just a quickie, a, just a one-off, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So if he thinks that she's coming every time, good for him. That's great. Is that really what's happening for her? Right. I don't that's, know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my that's She could, she could be faking. She could be coming once. She could be doing it for a release because she's frustrated or angry or pent up or just wants to that that's her prerogative that doesn't mean your intimacy was great that doesn't mean that you were a wonderful partner to your partner you just you're I I don't want to come down on you Mark but it sounds like you're basing your entire relationship on the sex and the sex isn't it that's not right so that's yeah because that's also we're looking at an age group here mm-hmm. potentially where um you know like a, a a friend of mine who had uh a wife who he thinks that it's potential that all her orgasms he doesn't know if they were real or not he she read a lot of romance novels and that's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do you're supposed mm-hmm. to have this type of an orgasm yep. so it is no i totally i had a lot of thoughts going through my head um when he said that she nearly orgasms a hundred percent of the time, because it's, it's possible that good things are happening there. It's also possible that she's faking it because she thinks it's what it has to do, or it's possible she is having a good time, but it's still not the fulfilling relationship or the fulfilling experience for her. And so that brings me back to the question of 
yeah, are they going to a therapist? Because he said that they are talking about this in therapy, but are mm-hmm. they going to a sex positive therapist? Are they going to a sex therapist right. to dive into this? And, you know, who knows? He's There's a big difference a between a marital therapist and a sex therapist. Exactly. And Huge what difference. belief system does that therapist hold as yeah. well, right? Mm-hmm. Are they open to these bigger, bigger, broader, harder discussions to say, to help them navigate through this and say, look, you are asking him to not be a sexual being anymore because you're choosing the role of grandmother and do you need to choose the role of grandmother? You know, why, yeah, yeah how, how can we let both of those things live? Why can't you just be a woman who has right. children that have children and, if she and does not have, identify or label, right? Right. And if she does have some physical things going on, it also makes me wonder, is she embarrassed? Mm-hmm. You know, that's does a very, she... very generational thing to not right. talk about your hoo-ha. Right. I'm, I am, I am totally uh, speculating that she's around his age. She could be younger, but if they've been married for 40 years I would guess no younger than 50 mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean yeah. 50 40, that would make her 10 when they got right. married I was gonna so say, 60 maybe, maybe. A 60 would probably be good yeah. but, um, but you know there are just so many things that okay so dude wants to uh, not dude Mark I'm sorry Mark I've <laughs> he wants to know how does he find a woman like this? And I'm yes. just going to put out there, Mark, that this is a very, very high risk situation, similar to putting, um, you know, you don't know what kind of crazy you'll find. You don't know what kind of, you know, attachment you'll find. You don't know what, you know, if you'll end up having feelings for this person, you may be opening a nest that you don't necessarily want. Uh, number one, you've probably thought about that. I'm guessing um, there are a whole lot of very wounded women out there that are that are um, that are dealing with codependency. Uh, this the generation that is younger than you, which is where I'd probably say you would find an energetic match. Probably some unsatisfied, unhappy wife of a husband in her 40s, that's her sexual prime, mm-hmm. would probably be what your target would be if they didn't find you creepy because you were age gap <laughs> or any of that kind of thing. You know, there are people who appreciate age gap and there are other people who, you know, don't find it as sexy or or whatever. Um, so somebody maybe in their 40s in a similar situation that they don't want to get divorced either but you are opening a can of worms that is really hard to put the lid back on if you're not being honest with your wife. If your wife does not know that you're stepping out through an open discussion. And if you have that discussion with her and she's not willing to allow it, dude, divorce is really probably the best way to be authentic. Cut your losses, appreciate your wife for what she's been to you in your past. It sounds like you had a lot of very good sexual years together and that you have beautiful children and beautiful grandchildren. And what are your assets really worth as far as your happiness goes? Can you do this for another 20 years? Right. And yeah, because if, if it is the type of thing where 
those assets were split up, however that worked out, but you're still okay. You're still able to live on your own. She's still live, able to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I mean, there's a consequence for her not being participatory in the relationship and there's a consequence for you stepping out. So, I mean, right. you just have to be prepared for both of those consequences to hit and, and collide and be like, you know, the shit's going to hit the fan and it's going to get real and it's going to be tough and it's going to, you know, probably pit your kids against you and all that stuff. Instead, you know, if you come to terms with the fact that you just, you know, now that your kids are grown and they're on their own and you guys don't have things that are in common anymore to help build the intimacy and the trust and the respect and the uh, reduce the fears and allow the vulnerability for her to still be a sexual person. I mean, there, there's a lot to unpack there. You know, when we talk about our fear buckets, we're talking about f- he, the fear of rejection. It sounds like it sounds like he wants to go out and find somebody, but he wants uh, he wants to be set up so that he doesn't have to get rejected. <laughs> you know, like mm. where do I find that person that will match and not destroy my marriage? Well, good luck. I mean, uh, yeah. you, it really is going to take a lot of work, and that energy could be put towards your uh towards your wife towards jerking off towards your grandchildren <laughs> towards whatever mm-hmm. you know you gardening you know uh t- tantra i mean you could go mm-hmm. do be creative around your sexuality you could go to some tantric workshops and not actually have sex with somebody and still share spiritual connections that are orgasmic mm-hmm. i mean you can get creative around some of this stuff if you have if you have a lot of assets, go the route of like a cam girl. You can get a relationship going with a cam girl who will see you on a regular basis and you can build that intimacy and then you just don't actually have sex with her. But you still need to be talking to your wife about it because an emotional connection is sometimes worse than a physical connection depending on the woman. Mm. Some women will just be like, go ahead, go get your rocks off, but don't you dare start having feelings with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's where an escort comes in, you know, where they're able to come and just release and have the sexual encounter once, twice a month, whatever, and go back to their life and be a better husband, a better father, better grandfather, whatever, because they don't have this pent up anger or bitterness or resentment. And you're paying the escort to leave. Right, right. So, and she leaves everything behind and mm-hmm. there's no attachment. There's nobody at your door, nobody leaving you love notes in your mailbox or fatal attraction, Glenn Close kind right, of thing. You can't right. tell me you haven't watched fatal attraction at least once there, Mark. You don't want to get that kind of crazy, really mm-hmm. seriously. And it takes a lot of work to develop uh, um, the intuition to even know like some people don't show their true colors until years into a relationship or 18 months into a relationship, six months into a relationship, whatever their, whatever their line is. And then you find out, holy shit, this is, she's going to blow up everything and you're going to be paying a lot more to a divorce attorney than if you had just said, it's time for us to split. Right. Right. That's the thing there. There are, like you say, there are a lot of, there are a lot of risks that you have to decide which risks you want to take. And, you know, there's something that, that he says here at the end that, that has me asking so many more questions. You know, he says, we've been in therapy for over a year 
uh, to sort this out, but my wife has made it clear she is immovable. And the question that I have with that is she's making it clear that she's immovable, but in which ways? So yeah, again, it brings me back to that question. Sure. Yeah. If, if she, you know, if they're not, I guess if it was me in his situation, and I and I do I do feel um, bad for him. I guess my question is, how much are you really talking about? Um, and I'm not and I'm not judging here. I'm asking the question: How much are you really diving into the? This is what I need, and it's not just. Gosh, we're not having sex, um, and I and I really need sex. And she says, "Well, but I'm sorry, I'm kind of done. I'm a grandmother now." And is that where you're leaving it, or are you again? With a therapist, and I would say if you're not with a therapist, find a different therapist. Find yeah. another way and maybe go talk to somebody somebody else, yep. um, even if it's by yourself, to say, I need help thinking through these options. I need help processing through this so I can talk about this better to my wife. That he can then say, here's what she's saying, and maybe they can find somebody to help have the conversation because I think that is, you know, that's a huge problem, right? It's a huge challenge in relationships mm-hmm. is to get, if the other person is, these are things they can't even talk about. You don't want to go into it and being threatening and saying, well, look, you got a choice. I'm either going to step out on you or we're getting divorced because that puts her in a really tough situation. If he ends up getting there, that's his choice. Right. Of course. But if choice he can, right. It, it, and yeah, and, and it may be what he needs to do to take care of himself in a holistic way. Mm-hmm. But it, are there steps still waiting in the middle that might have her see, no, you're really serious. She may, we don't know her situation. She may love him. She may believe in him. She may believe that, you know, in their monogamy and the trust is fully there. So she might not see that he might be saying, no, I can't do this anymore, right? Like that I really need this part of my life. She might kind of think, well, we're getting older. This is just what old people do. Yeah, yeah. And I don't... I don't really like, I don't like subscribing to that way of thinking, of course. No, um, I just am trying to think through the different ways. I mean, he, he, you know, he's only 68 years old. I mean, yeah, he's still got (laughs) a lot of time left. And, you know, and so I, I appreciate his concern and I appreciate that he's going about this in a very, you know, ethical, mindful way to care for her. And I hope she is able to see that. I hope she is able to see that he isn't just making the, in a sense, risky, but easy choice that could be, well, fine, you're not going to do it. I'm going to hire, I'm going to find somebody who will. He is saying, dang it, we have been on this hall together. I want to work with you on this. And so whatever standstill they're coming to, you know, I, I, I guess I would say keep, you know, keep trying to have the conversation, but maybe in, enlist a few other people to help. And we don't know the relationship they have with the kids. I mean, like you said, the kids could, that could be a problem or the kids might totally understand. Yeah. Right. You know, the kids, the, the may, kids may be like, boy, why don't you guys just get a, be a, get apart and have happy lives, you know? Right. Or, you know, get a third I, that lives in the house. With right. You. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, I, I am curious, a- like what, what type of sexual desires he has because there there's different ways to do different things you know perhaps he's interested like i said in the variety piece 
that would be escorting, maybe um, going to some swinging events, maybe um, maybe BDSM might be just a way for him to kind of get some of that physical touch or something that she wouldn't, you know, some people have some curiosities about things that they've never explored in their relationship. And a partner may, may um, take to that more so than him having an affair. So mm-hmm. if he were to say, well, you know, I'm really interested in perhaps BDSM, and this is something that I'm really I'm fascinated by, and I'd like to go to a couple um, workshops or something like that. And then you network through some of those kind of people and see, you know, how you match up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I do want to re- recommend a book by Esther Perel called Mating in Captivity. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Mating in Captivity talks about the idea that familiarity actually destroys intimacy mm-hmm. and that we may not be monogamous people in at the root of things that we are, we're not really designed to be in marriages for long periods of time. Um, And she gets into all different kinds of areas around it. She talks about it. Um, But it gave, when I read the book, it gave me some just really super insights to how I viewed things and why I thought things that I thought and gave me a broader view of what relationships can look like in different cultures in you know, in different environments and stuff instead of just merging and existing. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and then she has a second book, it's called The State of Affairs, and it's about rethinking infidelity. So, I mean, it sounds like that's the road that he wants to go down is just finding a play partner. Mm-hmm. And if that's, if that's what it is, then don't be ashamed of it. There's no shame. Just know the consequences. Just know that it's a high risk situation. I'm sure you've thought about that, Mark. I'm sure you're a very intelligent man who has weighed out your pros and cons quite considerably, and you've probably been frustrated for a really long time, and you're valid in all of that. All of that is valid, being right. that you your relationship has changed so drastically. Um, that's a lot, that's a lot to take. It's a whole lot. Yeah. And if he can find, if he, he slash they can find their way to say, how can we make this work? A win-win situation. Yeah. And maybe that means, I mean, there's a, there's many, many options of what that can look like. If, you know, it so depends on what is her true issue. Is it her body? Is it her feeling like I don't care about sex anymore? And if, if so, can she wrap her head around letting him, Maybe, you know, maybe they open it up very gently, very carefully, very specific rules about what this looks like. So she continues to build that trust and keep that trust with him. Is it that, yeah, you can do these things, but not these things, and then we'll revisit it. Or it is the true don't ask, don't tell, like, just don't, I don't want to hear a dang thing about it ever. You know, I mean, some people are that way. I don't care what you do outside. Just, I don't want to know anything about it. Keep it all away from me, right? Some people want to know. Who knows? you know, if she can wrap her head around some other options, maybe, maybe some, some positive spice can come back to their connection if, mm-hmm. if they can do this. And I give him so much credit for, for being here, asking these questions instead of taking action first. One of the things that Esther Perel talks about is 
the act of cheating isn't necessarily sleeping with somebody else. It's the dishonesty. And I can speak to that for myself. Mm -hmm. That that is, that is where things break down. The trust, right? Right. The trust. And then you kind of, you always wonder what's true, what's not true. So that's like the glass ceiling of, uh, of intimacy is is trust. I mean, you break, mm-hmm. and once you break that and it's just broken into a million pieces, it's never quite put back the same. Right. However, remember too, though, Judy, that in some instances, an affair can be the doorway to a new marriage with the same yes. person. Right. And with the right approach, they can grow and learn from it. You know, they can grow together or they grow apart. So right. Mark could just take the chance of having an affair. Maybe subconsciously, maybe he needs to really think about this concept. Is it that he wants his wife to catch him in an affair so that she sees that he's willing to that he's willing to satisfy his needs elsewhere if necessary. And sometimes it can be really deeply intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if she if she won't give me what I want, then I'll just go get it. And if she if she finds out, well then we'll deal with it then and maybe she'll see what she's lost. Right. But um I I mean as much as I, I and I like I say, I absolutely give him credit for going the right direction because there are some people who too quickly jump out they don't try yeah right? they just no. kind of go well I'm not happy right now so screw you and screw somebody else yeah I I understand like I have empathy for people who have tried everything and then do step out I'm not you know yeah I'm just I'm just saying I understand that I understand how you're yeah but I but I'm I'm I just give him so much credit for trying to, to figure this out and trying to do everything that he can and yeah. trying to give her every opportunity and, and, you know, to say whatever that is to, to help move forward. And if her true answer is I'm, I'm grandma, I'm, I'm making a choice for that role. He's still trying to say, okay, how do we do this? And then he has to make a decision at some point to how much risk he really wants to take. And yeah, what does that end up meaning for him and them? I'm sure that their therapy or whatever has probably been, been very helpful in how they communicate their needs to each other, because that's one thing that's really good is that when you go to a therapy session, you kind of say what's on your mind there, and you have a mediator there to help you process what you're saying or say it differently or whatever. And so, um, but I would be very curious to talk to her directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that the chances of that happening are next to nothing. However, I mean, it would be extremely insightful to not do a, not necessarily do a coaching around sex, but do a coaching around her values and her labels and limitations Mm -hmm. and how she defines herself. This whole idea of that I have to be a grandmother or a sexual partner is really fascinating to me. And I, if anybody's listening that is struggling with a similar thought, just know that as, as women, especially as women, we are, we are so fundamentally able to multitask as part of our nature and to be able to change according to what's necessary. We have, we have cultural elasticity, elasticity, which means we change to whatever situation presents itself. We're able to do that and we're able to do that sexually as well. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the presence of your grandchildren, you're a grandmother, but when you go home, you're still your, your partner's lover. Right. 
when you go to the office, either you're, uh, you know, you're either you're seen as a professional or you're seen as a, as um, a service in the service industry, or maybe you're seen as a dominant or you're seen as not so much a leader, you know, a follower. However, you're, you know, seen in your workplace, again, when you come home, you can still be your partner's lover. Yeah, it would be interesting for the therapist to explore her issues or concerns or feelings around the Madonna whore complex. Yep. Yep. Because that's exactly what it is, Mm -hmm. is when you're in the Madonna complex, the whore complex is your blind spot. You're, You're not admitting, you're not able to do both because it's judgment. It's all about judgment. So, right. and culture um, has helped with that. I mean, she sure, of is course. a product of her culture. So, but so we can beyond that, I feel for you, Mark. I really, really do. I sense your frustration. Um, as I'm sitting here talking about this, I have a heaviness in on my chest. I can feel that you're really struggling with this and what to do next. Um, I would, as an authenticity you know, the authenticity is a huge value of mine. I would say that discussing the idea of opening your marriage mm-hmm. or giving your wife the option, either we open our marriage and you allow me to do this, mm-hmm. or, you know, I may have to find my own way to handle this or we get a divorce. So there's your, the three options and you talk it out or you fight it out or you work through it, but give her a say in what's happening. Don't just do it on your own right. uh, or you're not going to be being authentic to yourself and it's always going to be a secret and secrets are like a cancer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Absolutely. I'd like to hear the follow-up to all of this. Uh, Mark, if when you listen to this, if you want to send us a private message around uh, if this was helpful or not, I'd really, really like to know. I, I err on the side of being the male sympathizer. Like I understand where you're coming from and your sexual desire and all of that kind of thing. But I also come from a place where, you know, when I look at relationship doulas and, you know, the idea of helping people transition through different phases of their uh, marriages or relationships, whatever that looks like, I just feel like, and it's heavy on my heart to, to even, the honesty is so, so important, honesty, communication. And it sounds like you've been working on communication with therapy but the honesty piece really needs to hit home hard, hard to um, make it something that you can proudly live with and not have regrets over for the rest of your days as a sexual being. And I, and I would say too, if Mark, if you're listening and you want to follow up with a message, you can just put in that message that you're, you know, this is not something to air and yeah. we will absolutely keep that, you know, integrity. I just, it, Sure. You can, that's you can go good through the same method before that you reached us. That's fine. And we don't have to talk about it on the podcast if you have more that you want to say. So, yes, absolutely. Or, or Mark, if you'd like to reach out for some more coaching around it and you'd like to talk to me more about how to actually communicate this to your uh, wife, you know, talk about how exactly to go about discussing it that it feels true to you. 
or perhaps you have the discussion and it doesn't go the way you think it should and you want some coaching around what to do next, please feel free to reach out to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is tough stuff. It's real yeah. life tough stuff. You're not alone Mm-mm. by any stretch of the imagination. And and that's that's the thing, you know, that there's so many people in that same boat that's not to, to make it easier, but that means there are resources out there to help you try to navigate through it mm, yes. as gracefully as possible. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh boy. I will, uh, along with Patricia's information as an obvious resource, I'll see if I can find the link. I can't remember the name. Do you remember the name of the group that the uh, sex therapist, the place you can find sex therapists who are actual sex therapists? Like, no, I don't okay. have that off the I top know of my that head. I can, and put yeah. that in as another, as another source. But I think, yeah, you would be a great person to reach out to for having that conversation. And, and I would, I really would encourage Mark for you to, to find somebody to talk to about this, not trying to leave her out of the conversation, but right. so you can get really solid with your feelings and maybe get some more insights of what she might be thinking. And again, those approaches. And then if you can come together, because ha- talking to her about this, I'm guessing is is hard. And so having a therapist there, I think is hugely important. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you do some more work on your own so you can process through this stuff so you can feel good about whatever decision you make or however you approach it? Because it's, it's hard. This is hard stuff. Just to remember, uh, this is just a good place for me to mention this, is that therapy is often delving into the past. Therapy is looking at why you do what you do and um, identifying traits and patterns in yourself and just like reconciling them because this happened in my life. I am this way or whatever. And then you just accept that. And they give you tools and stuff along the way where the difference between that and a relationship or a sexual authenticity coach is, is to go from this place forward and not dwell so much in story, but more so talk about what you yourself can do from this point forward as, as, authentic and um, as authentic and true to yourself as possible so that you're making decisions in honesty and truth and according to your values. So it's actionable. Like it's like coming up with an action plan or giving you the skills or thought processes to change the way you think about a a person, a perception, uh, a situation by anchoring in some different types of tools and stuff. So a lot of it has to do with energy with a, with a relationship coach or whatever. So that's, it's just a good place to enter that into the conversation, the difference. Yeah, I agree. um, Yeah. Great distinction. So uh, you can find me Patricia Engel King at Patricia Engel King.com. One word. Uh, You can send an email to me. Patricia at PatriciaEngelKing.com. Uh, I am an intensive relationship doula. I work with couples that are in some form of transition and help move them through the relationship authentically and with intention. And whatever they want to achieve is what I help them do. I zoom out and mentor the couple individually and together. And I tell it like it is with love and intuition. I read and teach the language of energy and I offer virtual uh, sessions, in-person sessions, and there are even live-in 
options. So if you know anybody that that sounds like they could use some sort of marital counseling in this kind of form versus, say, going to a therapist once a month or something like that, uh, have them reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to them. And Mark, darling, and, you are definitely in some transition stuff going yes, on right now. Yes, so. are. <laughs> deep in deep. Put on those waders. Uh, I'm sure he's been dealing with this for a while, so oh, he has definitely. a full he's, understanding he of where he's at. very clear on that. On that. Yes. No kidding. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Not to make fun, Mark. But no, yeah. no, no, definitely no, don't take any definitely. of that. It's, it's, I, you know, I've. Selector is helpful. It, well, it is. And I, I tend to can laugh about most things in appropriate and inappropriate times. I try to be not inappropriate, but I, I know that I can tend to see the funny side or the ironic side of things. And a little bit of that is my own recognition of my own situations and feeling your pain. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a laughing with you, not a, not at all a, a, a judgment <laughs> or an at, because this is, this is hard. This is hard stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you can see. So we wish you well. We yes, wish you well, Mark. Good absolutely. Luck. Absolutely. And we would love to hear, you know, anything you ever care to share about your journey that we can or cannot share is welcome. So Yes. Okay. And for you? Well, for me, I, ha-ha, uh, we could, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Too much tea today. You're just I, in a uh, weird spot today. All I am around. in a weird spot. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, Interesting. I am having, I, I have to share this with you. I have, I've been drinking a lot of green tea, which is typical, but I have this delicious green tea with rose. Mm-hmm. And I love the flavor of rose. And mm. so I, my sister got this for me like a year ago and I have been thoroughly enjoying it this week. So nice. I guess I'm giddy about my tea. Tea means a lot to me. I love good tea. It makes my, my day happy. Nice. Yeah. So I have a, uh, another podcast, a wellness podcast called Wellness Renaissance. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we talk about everything from, you know, when I say wellness, a lot of people perceive that to be movement and food, but we talk about a lot of stuff. And and it's all about kind of like, what are those pieces that can just make your life a little bit better? Maybe it's about your health, maybe it's a modality, but maybe it's just an idea that you can mm. live with and mm-hmm. do things a little differently and better and more authentic to yourself. So you can find that at wellnessrenpodcast.com. Check it out. Awesome. All right. Very nice. Well, thank you for another lively discussion, Patricia. This is of course. a good time. And thank <laughs> you again, Mark, for, for submitting and sharing your world with us because I'm sure that took a little bit of a chutzpah. Nice. <laughs> Good job. Wow. Synchronicity. Love yes, that stuff. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> means we're on track. That means yes. that everything we said was right. Right on. He needed to hear all that stuff. That's good. All right. I well, love it. Okay. We didn't well, solve any problems for him, but we certainly no, gave him options. Well, yeah. You never know, right? Mm-hmm. You never know what he can take and, and utilize or just that little piece of nugget that he hadn't totally thought of. And I, sure. I hope the best for both of them. Mm-hmm. 